welcome to Thoughts Off the Stem. <laughs> I'm Justin Baroni, and today we're smoking a couple things. We are smoking in the bong, uh, ultra sour by Up Twenty. It's a twenty-one, twenty-three percent sativa with one uh, percent or point oh three percent CBD, uh, and it's really good. It's a really good sativa. I really enjoy it. Um, it's not. <clears throat> Even though it's not a hybrid, it still gives you a bit of a body buzz. Um, and it gives you that, not quite that head in a fishbowl feeling, but um, pretty close, pretty close. It's a good sativa. It's solid. Uh, it doesn't hit like too heavy, but it definitely smokes at that 23, 24%. Um, so we've got two joints going today. Because that's part of what I want to talk about. I want to talk about rolling your own versus pre-rolls. So I picked up, because we got a new kind at the shop, some Quest uh, Blueberry Syrup. It's a hybrid. It is also 23% THC, and it is 0.04% uh, CBD. So it's kind of along the lines of this. Um, they're in this little case here. There were two half gram joints. If you're watching this, you can see that. If you can't, it's a little, um, I don't know, like lime or turquoise, I guess. A light turquoise uh, cylinder. Then it's got, yeah, two pre-rolls in it. So that's what we're going to smoke first. So I'm going to start that up. <laughs> and I want to say thank you for joining me, Justin Baroni, on your Friday at 4.20 p.m. So let me, okay, let's get into this. The other thing that I'm smoking in the joint with the glass tip is uh more of the up ultra sour because um yeah i just like really i really like smoking it and quite honestly this half gram joint that you can see here if you're watching is not fully going to cut it for how high i intend to get on this <laughs> um yeah so i hope you're enjoying your friday again thank you for joining me to kick it off right baby and uh yeah i hope you're having a good week uh, i hope life's been good to you i hope you're uh, just having generally having a good time and you're here, so hopefully you're ready to have a little smoke sesh. Um, but yeah, one of the things, so the main thing that I wanted to talk about is this. I've noticed, and I talked about this in the pre-roll sesh episode as well, but I've noticed that a lot of people, a lot of people, like I would say it's not even 50-50, it's probably like 75 to 80% of people come in looking for pre-rolls because they're quick and easy to roll, or I mean quick and easy to smoke, they're ready to go for you. And they're getting a little better. So, just as like a brief synopsis of pre-rolls. Because <coughs> I talked about it once before uh, in a session episode about it. So, the downside I've always had with pre-rolls is that normally, not always, but like 90% are trim from the plant. They're not actually uh, rolled from a full flower. These Quest ones are from a flower. So it's not just trim. The percentage and the hit uh, are apparently the same in the pre-roll as they are uh, if you got like three and a half grams of the flower. Now I got the pre-roll because it's a little bit more expensive in the flower. Um, and we were out of it also. But I figured I would try it in a pre-roll first. So the... Uh, let's see. The... consensus around the shop is that it's a very sweet blueberry flavor 
Yeah, there's a blueberry flavor in there. It's a nice, it is sweet, that's for sure. Um, and that it hits nice. It tastes, the, I guess what most people are saying is that it tastes like, kind of like a blueberry yogurt flavor, like a fullness. There is a fullness to the smoke for sure. Um, like I said, it doesn't, there were two in here, so I've already smoked one. So I'm smoking the second one just to see, you know, what it, what, whether it like compounds on itself or not. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you can smoke weed and you can put like, you smoke one joint, you come down from that joint, you smoke another one, it brings you up or it gets you a little bit higher, right? Some weed, when you smoke it in a joint, it just levels you back out to sort of normal, not high, right? You know, you know what? Long time smokers will understand what I'm saying with this. So a half gram joint is a good gauge of whether or not the weed is really good. Because if you need more of it to get to the point that you want to be, then maybe it's not the weed for you, right? But yeah, the consensus is the flavor is sort of a blueberry yogurt kind of flavor. Uh, I'd have to kind of agree. I'd like to try it. Actually, I get, I get it in a flower to try it in the glass tips because you get more flavor out of the joint in the glass tips. These are pre-rolled with cardboard. And you do get a bit of that like burnt flavor, not from the weed, but because you're smoking it through cardboard. At least that's my theory. <laughs> so take it for what it's worth. <laughs> but yeah, it's not bad. It's not too harsh. Uh, it's definitely not dry. Like even when I popped them out of the little container there, they were, they were fresh. They weren't crispy or crunchy. They were, they just like, if you rolled them in your hands, they just rolled nice. So yeah, it, it's not bad, but as your comparison, okay, so I've taken like, I don't know, you could count the puffs that I've taken, not many, but here's the difference in joint size, if you're listening to this, you might want to watch it for this, so the joints on your left are what I roll by myself, like that's what I'll roll and smoke myself, okay, the joint on your right is actually is the um, blueberry syrup, okay? So that's your pre-roll versus what I smoke on my own. Now, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, some big old, big time smoker or anything like that, but a joint to me has to be like equivalent across the board to the thickness of like a cigarette or a small cigar. I don't know, I've just always felt that. Too small is like, this would be, I would consider this a penner. It'll, you know, it'll give me a good taste of what it's like. If I wanted to see how high the high could get me, I would have smoked them back to back or emptied out the pre emptied out the rolls and rolled my own. You know what I mean? Like rolled it back into a joint on my own to get the full gram. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems to be okay. It's lifting me back up because before I was going to do this, I was sort of coming down from the first joint a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's picking me back up. So it gives you a little bit of energy when you smoke it. That's pretty nice. Um, Flavor-wise, I would say, and again, this is without the glass tips. So flavor-wise, I would say that the Ultra Sour is probably a little bit better. But again, I'm smoking that in glass tips and bongs. I haven't smoked, I don't think they have it in a pre-roll. And if they do, I don't know if I would try it because I like the flavor of it as it is. So if I had a preference, I would say... Go with the ultra sour if you're getting, you know, um, it's a little bit cheaper and it gets you, but it is also a sativa. So, but I find that the all around high from the ultra sour is better, dude. I don't know. Sometimes price doesn't matter. 
If the if a grower knows what he's doing, a grower knows what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? I've also had really expensive weed that just didn't cut it, but for the price points, these are definitely worth it. And if you want, if you want like a good midday high, I would say if you want a light, good, a light, even midday high where you're not too cloudy, but you're like up for doing shit, I would go with the, this, the pre-roll, the blueberry, uh, the blueberry syrup from Quest. Cause it's a hybrid. It's a, it smokes like it's literally 50, 50. I've got a bit of a body buzz going and my head is starting to go, but also it's compounded on the sour, the ultra sour out of the bong. And that is, I'd say it's a little bit more of a heavy, like broad hit. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm saying. So that's my review of the quest blueberry pre-roll good joint. I would probably buy it again. Like if I were to buy pre-rolls, which I'm not really, but if I were out of town and I had to buy a pre-roll, I would go for this one and I would go for the Seven Acres Sensi Star because the Sensi Star is a little bit more of like a campfirey taste, but the high, the end result is awesome. So yeah, those are my votes. <laughs> but then again, I geek the fuck out over weed and I've realized that only people that like really smoke geek over geek out over it as much as I do. Jeez, that was a fucking tongue twister. <laughs> but even newbies who are really interested, you could tell if they're gonna be a pothead. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had some people in my, in their probably you know 40s to 60s where they're just getting introduced to it because it's now legal and like the stigma is starting to break a little bit on it. And they've come in and I've had you know a handful of customers geek out and want to know all the information that you know about the high, not necessarily how it's grown and things like that, but definitely about like, what's a good pick? What's your pick? What will I've had several cu customers come in at this point and be like, you, <laughs> you're the dude that made me like this yesterday. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man, I just like good weed. <laughs> but then you also get customers. Like I was saying at the beginning, you get like 90% of the people that just want things all ready to go. Right? So they come in and they buy pre-rolls. And one day, the two common factors are if they come in for a pre-roll, they're only concerned about the CBD or the THC quantities in it. They don't care about anything else um, because the THC to them is like what gets you the highest. So you can, you can judge your high on the THC. And yes, you can to a point, but you need to know the terpene profile too because if you know the terpene profile then you know how long and how intense that high will be right and how or how little like you'll know it a little bit better and then you can gauge what you pick from there on out based on what you know of of that terpene profile and what you find in other strains okay so i had this couple come in and they were asking we were we were at the end of the week so we were running low on our stock but they were asking for the highest content THC pre-roll that we had. So we list, list off a couple of the highest content ones. And she, and they were, I think like 20 to 25%. She's like, no, I need 30. <laughs> so me and my pompous ass weed smoking self <laughs> was like, yeah, but you know about terps, right? 
And this lady, dude, it was fucking hilarious. I couldn't laugh at the time, but after we laughed pretty hard about it. This lady, I rolled so hard at me that she barreled herself <laughs> head first into her husband who was standing beside her. She, <laughs> if you're watching, okay, she basically, I, I go, so, you know, THC isn't the only thing, like the turp profile, and she goes, oh, you're one of those, <laughs> and then, whoa, poof, <laughs> rolls her eyes so hard, woo, <laughs> that it, she head rolls into her husband, <laughs> he starts laughing, I laugh, because that's generally the answer that I get when I talk about terps, but there is something to it, man, absolutely. And uh, so she starts laughing and I go like, look, just look at it this way. THC doesn't always matter. It's not, it's not always the quantity of the THC, but the combination of the THC, the CBD and the terpenes that give you your ultimate effect. So think about it like this. Okay. Cause terpenes aren't just in wheat. They're in like a bunch of other plants, one, and they're also uh, extracted from those plants and put into other things, right? Okay, so, if someone that doesn't understand terps wants to learn about them, the best way to understand terps is putting it like this, okay? You know what it's like to spray lemon pledge? You know that feeling, that, that smell and that feeling that you get after? Like, everything seems, feels and smells really fresh. It gives you, like, a sort of a sense of, like energy you get like a little burst of energy when you smell it um and you generally like start to feel more social right so the terpene in that is pining that's what pining does it lifts you up and when it when it gets into you it pushes you in the direction of being a little bit more animated and social i guess you could say right more lively right so I said, when you smell lemon pledge, what is that feeling that you get? And she told me exactly what I just said. She's like, well, it smells good. I feel good. I feel happy. I feel up. I want to do stuff. And I'm like, so that's terps because they extract, extract that scent from pine. Okay. Or lemon or whatever the scent is. And they put it into that product, that cleaning product, because they know that terps actually respond not just on the level of scent but once they're like a pheromone almost from what i understand don't quote me on that but that's what i understand it to sort of be right so i explained it to her that way and she was like oh i said so yeah that's sometimes why you can get a lower percentage thc on something but get a higher high <laughs> she's like oh okay <coughs> so i offer up <laughs> one of our higher T or low mid T mid THC joints with, um, I think there was hash in it or hash infused or something and it had a terpene profile or no, it just had a terpene profile. Sorry. It didn't have hash. It just has, it just had a terpene profile to it or I knew what it was one or the other. And, uh, so I'm like, try that. That's as strong, if not stronger than what you've been smoking and you won't need like 10 of them. You'll be good with two or three, you know what I mean? So she looks at it, she thinks about it, and then she just goes with the normal stuff. And the, I don't find, I, I get it because it's easy and people don't like change and things like that, but you're missing out on so much if you don't take that leap, that jump up to be like, oh, 
there's a different way of looking at this. Like, I know that people, some people go just to like get blasted off into space, right? I do that too sometimes. I do that quite often actually. But I also want to understand what's happening in my high. What makes this high a really good high? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know what strains react to you in certain ways or what, sorry, what the strain does and how you react to it in certain scenarios and situations, you can find something that you can smoke that will bring enjoyment, relaxation, and whatever else you need to the day as you go through it from like morning till, you know, you could have like your morning weed, your afternoon weed, and your nighttime weed, and you can still function. It depends on what you find and exploring to find out what works best for you. But if you're always in that same like pocket of the same thing all the time, not only do you get used to it and you end up having to like smoke more of it and come more, come to the store more often and do things like that. But you're also, you're, you're also depriving yourself of the, the, the experience that weed can really give you. Because if you're always taking the lower end of the stick because it's the easiest thing, then you're never going to know that there's something else better. You know, like there's no, you don't know that there's a better thing out there to try. So sometimes I think that people, when they're smoke, when they're, when they're coming in to buy and they're like super smokers, you know, they come in telling you what they know and they know it all. And then that's it. And you're like, okay, dude, <laughs> whatever. Here's your thing. <laughs> Keep that same 20% high going. I'll be fried over here. You know, I don't know. It's kind of funny to me, but it's also the same thing. Like because of thinking like that. It dawned on me that that's how I feel about pre-rolled joints. And it's not that I'm discounting them completely. Like, they have their place, for sure. If you need something quick and you don't have time to roll or you don't have space or whatever, fine. But, okay, what I'm saying is, <laughs> is that that's how old people that when I was, like, in my teenage years that I met that were smoking, mo a lot of people were still rolling their own cigarettes and they would like scoff or like turn their nose <laughs> at the dudes that bought packs as opposed to rolling their own right that's how i feel like a cowboy <laughs> like <laughs> i don't feel like a cowboy <clears throat> but i feel like weed is like a very cowboy way in a in like in a certain way in certain ways because like you look down on people that can't roll as like inferior weed people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, but until they could get joints where, you know, you can roll a big fatty without having to get a blunt or break the bank, then I just say, roll your own. You can, you'll end up smoking a little bit less of it if you just like take it easy, you know what I mean? You can ease into it and you can find the high to ride out. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> and you can be a cowboy, dude. Roll your own cigarettes, fucking ride off into the sunset on your horse, at least think you are because you're so fucking high because you tried something new. Yeah, you can't, I, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that like you can't really allow THC to dictate what weed is the best weed. Because that's not, that's not the only factor anymore. There's a lot of factors in that weed. That's what I'm saying. And on that note, and that 
opinion, I guess. <laughs> I figured since this is the Friday before 420, for the weed facts, baby. <laughs> That's right, ganja gong, weed facts time. I figured for the weed facts, what I would do is I would spark the other joint. I hope you're enjoying the sesh. I hope you're having a good time. I hope you're high. <laughs> All right. So the blue syrup is out. It tasted kind of crusty at the end, but it, overall it was a good smoke. And as you can tell, this is what's happening as I'm getting higher. So, you know, however this goes and looks, that's what you can expect <laughs> or something to that effect. Okay. Now we're going to the ultra sour, which tastes like not sour, but it tastes sweet. It's a thicker smoke. I find it a little bit more clean smoke. It's not as harsh as that stuff. But again, flour, not pre-roll. Okay, so, what? For the weed facts, this week, I figured because this is the Friday before 420, I would do, I would find the top 10 strain, or sorry, the top 15 strains to smoke on 420. So from buzzfeed.com, what's the name of the thing? Buzzfeed, uh-oh. <laughs> Shit. Hang on, let me find the title of the article here. Bug, bug, Buzzfeed.com, the absolute best strains of weed to smoke on 420. So these are their 15 picks for the bet for the strains to smoke on 420 to give you the best 420, I guess. So their first pick is, oh God, Girl Scout Cookies. I think that's a solid pick. It's a good smoke. Is it number one? No, not in my book. Purple Kush is always number one. All right. Number two, Purple Urkel. I've never had Purple Urkel. I think you can only uh, get it in the States, maybe even only in like California, or obviously U.S. states where you're allowed to smoke weed. But um, it's a strain of purple. He's been working on it for a while. I watched a couple podcasts with him on it, like uh, the Steve-O podcast with him and stuff, and... Yeah, he had a really good backstory. I thought it was pretty cool. So, I don't know if it's any good, but maybe it is. So, check it out. Durban Poison. Um, I don't know. I've had... You know what? I've never been overly impressed with Durban Poison. So, I would switch Durban Poison with... As my number two, probably OG Kush. Or, sorry, that was number three. I would put, yeah, I would put OG Kush as number three. Because it's not a go-to, but it is one of my favorites. I mean, it's, what did I say? It's not a go-to? I mean, it's not one that I go for all the time. But when I, when I go for it, I, it's never, it's always the same high. It's always perfect. <laughs> all right, so, uh, number four. Weed strain number four that you should try on 420. Alaskan Thunderfuck. I haven't tried it. I've heard really good things from the people at the shop about it. And uh, apparently it sells really fast, so other people must know. Uh, mimosa. That's a number five. I would switch Mimosa with Gorilla Berries, man. You want to get fucking high? Oh, Gorilla Berries. It's a combination of Gorilla Glue, I think, Blueberry, and OG Kush. You can't go wrong with that. It's a heavy high. It's nice, and it lasts long. All right, number six. Wait, did I miss number five? No, number five was Mimosa. Number six, Green Crack. Dude. Yeah, that strain's pretty intense. I could hit that. I've done that. Skit, uh, Skittles. I haven't tried that. I don't know. But I've heard 
a lot about it. That's not necessarily a good thing, though. <laughs> Some people at work, like, like, swear by it. So, I don't know. And, okay, number... Number eight, Blue Dream. Blue Dream Solid. It's a nice midday high. It's, gives me laser focus. I like it. Number nine, Sour Diesel. Yep. That's a good strain. Nice stinky smell. It's good. Lava Cake. I have not tried that. But you could try it out. White Widow. Again, always... That one is, That one's always good. Even Homegrown. I had some Homegrown of that. And dude, it was fucking delicious. <coughs> the only problem with White Widow is I find that... <clears throat> I personally get accustomed to that high too quickly. And then I'm like, oh, I have all this extra White Widow because I get excited about it because it doesn't come around that often. And then next thing I know, I've got like an overabundance of it and I have to like switch smoking it to something else. <laughs> Number 12, Trainwreck. That's pretty good too. Jack Herrera. Again, I, that's one I'm not a big fan of. Jack Herrera, I would switch that with... Uh, Seven Acres, Sedsy Star. Or any Sedsy Star, really. Sedsy Star. Um, number 14, Grape Ape. I've heard good things. Never tried it. So if you know about it, leave. Any of the ones you don't know, or you guys know about that I don't, tell me about them in the comments. Because then, like, I'm building a list of stuff to try. So, yeah, help me add to my list. Alright. And the last one, number 15, is OG Kush. Which was up to, like, number 3 on my list, or number 4. <coughs> so... I would actually put Space Cake as my number 15. So those are the weed strains that you should try on 420. Straight from the weed facts, baby. You can find the weed facts on top 420 tots. <laughs> Jesus. Tots420.com slash weed. No, not slash. Well, I think you could. You could try slash. If not, just go to tots420.com. <laughs> go to the menu. Look for the weed facts and I'll have them posted up there. Um... Yeah, dude, that's what I like about weed. There's such a variety that you never have to smoke the same thing. And if you do, if you, like I said, like I said before, if you actually pay attention to how the high affects you and what thing, what elements that the growers feel you should know are on the packaging, like the ingredients to, or like how, what is in the bud, the profile Oh my God, Justin, you're high. <laughs> what the whole profile of the plant is, that's where you find some of your tastiest, smelliest, highest, high <laughs> buds, uh, as far as I could tell so far. Especially when you're going to the dispensary, because we all know that they're working up to the quality that some of us are used to. Right, so there's a steady build till you get to that point. And some of these guys that are coming out now too, that's the other thing. Some of these guys that are coming out are coming out with strong strains right off the bat. Like they've taken their time to cultivate everything to a point where they're like the Dr. Dre's of weed, <laughs> is what I'm saying. They won't put it out if it's not good. You know what I mean? So they've taken years to refine like one or two strains so that when they launch, they can throw out one or two, one, two or three strains all at the same time with all the same like level of high you know what i mean level of quality that's what i mean yeah so i've i've noticed that i was getting to a point wasn't i but i've noticed that i've noticed that a lot of those 
the guys that are putting those uh, the full description of what's in the profile of the plant on their packaging, it's way more accurate to what you expect from your high. So you know ex almost like to a T where you'll be if you've been paying attention to what you've been smoking over the course of however long in the, you know, in the, yeah. And if you've been paying attention to that, then you start reading some of these things. You can find weed at different prices from different vendors all the time that's actually way stronger than you would think it would be based on going off just like THC. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm really stoned. <laughs> I hope you're stoned. I hope you're having a good uh, Friday. I hope you're enjoying the sesh. I, I don't know if this was funny or informative or just a ramble, but thank you <laughs> for sticking around. <laughs> All right. So now I have, okay. One of the guys that I work with sent me a text and it showed me it was just, I hit that early. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a picture of a beaver with a headline that said seven foot beavers under our feet. That was better timing. <laughs> so I said, I have to look this up for the podcast. And this is what I found out. <laughs> there were seven foot long beavers, dude. <laughs> okay. And they lived in Ontario. That's right. <laughs> Canada. Six foot long beavers. Okay, so this dude for real fact, yeah, is from, uh, oh my god, OntarioBeneathOurFeet.com slash giant dash beaver. <laughs> Here are some quick dude for real facts about this seven foot beaver. And it was interesting to me because I found out that there was a six foot five, 250 pound penguin. <laughs> so to go along with these penguins, I don't know if they were alive at the same time, there were beavers that were seven feet long. So here's the straight facts about these. Well, it's tidbits of the facts. You can read the whole article. It's actually pretty interesting. Uh, on this, on Ontario beneath our feet.com slash giant dash beaver. <laughs> okay. So dude, for real fact, number one, <laughs> there, uh, there's a beaver that once lived in Canada that was up to 2.2 meters or 7 feet long, and it stood about 3 feet tall and weighed as much as a black bear. That's right! <laughs> yup. <laughs> Imagine that coming at you, dude. <laughs> okay. Oh, and here, that's, okay, so that's the other thing about this. The giant beaver, all right? had a longer and narrower a narrower tail and it had an incisor it had incisor teeth that were up to like 15 centimeters long what is that like fuck i don't know what that is in inches <laughs> okay you could do the math google it but i have a feeling it's like what's i don't know i don't even want to say because i'll make myself look stupid more stupid than i already do <laughs> but yeah, could you imagine that chopping down on you? Fuck. All right. So do for real fact number two. Fossil remains of the giant beaver have been found only in three locations. Uh, Old Crow region in, in the Yukon. Dawn, Bar Dawn Beds on uh, Toronto, Ontario. And uh, Indian Island in New Brunswick. 
Fossil remains of the giant beaver have also been found in the eastern United States. I guess that's uh, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Michigan, Nebraska, New Jersey, Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Virginia. Hold on a second here. You just said in the beginning, I didn't read these before, <laughs> but they just said before that, that, where is it? The beaver have been found only in three locations. Dude, you just listed off like 10 in the States. So basically along the Eastern seaboard, <laughs> that's where they lived. Okay. Don't know how many there were, but there were a lot more than they would, than just three places that they found these things. All right. So dude, for real. Ah, oh, clicky, clicky. <laughs> the switchover happened. Here we go. <laughs> so, dude, for real, fact number four. They existed in Canada up to about 10,000 years ago. Digest that shit. There was potentially a three foot, three foot, what, probably 500 pound, 450 to 500 pound, Beaver with fucking knives coming out of his face, <laughs> roaming the earth. Yeah, digest that shit for a bit. <laughs> and also, proofread stuff. Because what the hell is this guy talking about? They were only found in two locations. And then they were also found in <laughs> Florida, Georgia, Illinois. That's like, that's like the descriptions for like fucking pills and the side effects. <laughs> they give you this one story. Oh, look, it's only this. Oh, by the way. All these bad things might happen to you. <laughs> Way to go, Justin. Good job. All right, I'll step my I'll step my game up next time. <laughs> I promise. Oh. All right. Well, those are my thoughts off the stem for this week. The weed facts for this week. The do for real facts for this week. I hope you enjoyed the sesh. I hope you had a good time. I hope you got high. I hope you found a weed that you might try. <laughs> I, I, how much can I rhyme? <laughs> no more. <laughs> no problem dude alright thank you for joining me thank you for coming back and I hope you come back next week at 4.20pm with me Justin Baroni on Thoughts Off The Stem on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts, iTunes, YouTube um, Good Pods, Podchaser wherever you get a podcast it's out there baby and don't forget to check out Tots420.com get your hats oh you could get your weed sommelier t-shirts that's what i'm talking about be a sommelier roll it understand what's in it smoke it taste it love it <laughs> check out the weed facts on tots420.com um the dude for real facts and yeah until next time i'm gonna get this right until next time keep your lids low baby <laughs>